Welcome to Liberated Libations. You are here with your hosts, Kayla James and Catherine DeLuke. We are so grateful for everyone that's tuned in thus far. Our first episode was such a huge success and we would appreciate it if you continue to like, share, subscribe, listen and share with all of your friends on anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Catherine, do you have anything to say to the people? Yeah, thank you so much, guys. And the likes and follows are free, so please give them. Uh, We appreciate it. Thank you so much. How's it going, friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. What did you make for us today? Today we are having lavender palomas from our hand-picked lavender that we got at the Lavender Festival. What was that, two weeks ago now? Yeah, it was, yeah, two weekends ago. Yeah, so on the um, anniversary of your birthday weekend. So in, in our drink today we have tequila, lavender simple syrup, some grapefruit juice, lime juice, and... I don't really like club soda, so we're using tonic water. I feel like it gives it a yeah. different little pop. Yeah, yeah, because club soda is a little bit too too simple. Mm-hmm. Like you have to add a little more flavor to it. Yeah, I love it. And we had awesome an awesome dinner. Um, it's becoming a trend, I guess, for us to cook for each other and make drinks. So I'm loving it. Yes. So what about the Lavender Festival? Like, um, I I loved it. So it, it's basically an event created by a cider mill that is uh, very popular in this area, and uh, Blake Cider. And I don't know. I just saw the event. I've seen it for the past two years, and mm. I was like, I want to go. Like, it just looks like something I would enjoy. Um, I love the smell of lavender, and yeah, I hit you up. I thought it was something that we could do to like bond and like to do together, enjoy together, and then something that we could use to talk about too, uh, which is awesome. I think what I really love the most is being able to go out to the lavender field and pick Mm -hmm. your own lavender. Um, there's so many different things that you can do with lavender. We had lavender beer. I mean, oh my god, we were lavendered. Yeah, we were lavendered (laughs) out. But it was a really cool experience. I'm glad that we got a chance to go, and it adds to the ambiance of what a liberated libation is. And so, I really appreciate you thinking of me to invite me out to celebrate the day before your actual birthday. So we're bringing in the birthday day with uh lavender yeah and that's why i wanted to do it too because i was like oh my god i'm celebrating this weekend already and i want to do something that i really like also we got free massage we did for how much we paid or it was 10 minutes 10 minute massage yeah for how much we paid girl we you could do free yoga free massage i said what kind of stuff is this I honestly, there were so many cute boutiques too. I wanted to buy some stuff from that boutique so bad, but I was like, I don't need, I don't need this. I don't need this leather skirt. We don't (laughs) need it, but it's always nice to have. I know. But yeah, it was, it was actually great. The weather was good too. We Mm -hmm. went there pretty early. We got out of there right when it was heating up and Uh and getting uh, to the point where we needed AC. So yeah. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, so I'm so glad that we did that. 
And so today, we're going to talk about fear. Our fears, what does fear mean? So like when you think of that word, so many things yeah. came to my mind. It was kind of hard to figure out yeah. where I wanted to start. So, so is fear present in your life today? Absolutely. Fear yeah. is present in my life in today. mine too. I would yeah. say if I was to call out the thing that I am most fearful of, it would be never really living up to the possibilities of what my life could be. Oh, wow. I think that is my biggest yeah. fear that, you know, with all of the things that God has granted and gifted me with. Shout out, Mama. Shout out, Mama. <laughs> after she ripped my ear off this morning or afternoon. Um, you know, thinking about just being grateful and, and all of the opportunities that I have that I never fully get to realize what it is that I'm supposed to do. I think that's one of one of the two biggest fears that are currently present in my life yeah. right now. That's a good one. Yeah. What about you? Um well I I want to talk about the past first. Because mm. in the past, like this fear was really present. Like and I'm talking about like probably five plus years from like yeah. back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this fear was really present in my life, which was the fear of not being able to live to other people's expectations Ooh. of me. So people that I respect, like my parents or um, mentors at work um, or things like that. Because like when I used to have conversations, you know, parents, and I don't blame anything on my parents, like I... They, they are gonna hear this like believe me like I know that they gave me ample and free range to do whatever you know my dreams and whatever I want in life but it's also like things that you you want to give them mm -hmm. or you want to do because you respect them because you you value them because you're like oh my god they they provided me so therefore I yeah. want to do this right um, or like an image oh my god like I I really pictured you being this, yeah. and you didn't end up being that. And that image was more like with the mentors, though, because when I had conversations with mentors at work and things like that, like I started, we started straight out of college, like a young career, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I was looking for, um, it's good to hear that somebody tells you like, oh, I could see the potential in you mm -hmm. and I could see you being this and I could see you being that and this is the reason why you are my mentee because I see you doing this. And the problem with that is, is that then you start, like if you don't wanna do that, then you're like, well, I'm failing. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm failing, I'm not living up to it. Um, and that like, Really, as I grew older and I started finding my own, like, uh, you know, self-confidence and my own, like, path and all that kind of stuff, I grew out of that into learning that if I keep chasing that, I will never be happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I keep chasing, trying to live to other people's expectation of me that might be ever-changing and I have no control over, then I, I'm going to fail. Yeah. And and that's the other. So the other fear that I have right now is it's 
it's always present, I feel like, in my life. It's fear of failure. Like, it's fear of, of like, just embarking on something and then failing at it. So they kind of complement each other. It's living up to other people's expectation and then not meeting it. And then the fear of failure in and of itself. Yeah. So for you, in the sense of failure today, what does that mean to you? Like, does that mean you... What does it mean to you? Maya, it's in all different areas. Like, it's... Like, for example, when I got my dog, like, <laughs> before I got him even, I was like, oh my God, I, I've never trained a dog before mm-hmm. uh, myself. So I had fear of, of failing at training a dog. I was like, oh my God, what if I get this dog and I fail to train him correctly and he becomes like this dog that no one wants to be around or no one can be around because he's untrained mm-hmm. not you know can't can't be around people and all this kind of stuff so that is like the simplest thing but like that that just is important also the fear of like um failing at new endeavors yeah right like yeah. oh i'm stepping out of out of my comfort zone and should I because if I fail then I'm not going to be able to accomplish um and one that is related to work was um the fear of asking for something that might not be provided to me so and I'm speaking about like salary mm-hmm. right so uh monetary compensation so I had so many fears I was put in a specific position at work um that I fe- felt like my compensation wasn't uh, correct to the role that I was playing at that point in time uh, because of certain factors. Mm-hmm. And I just, I worked with a mentor coach on this, which is why the reason why I was able to kind of like, um, how do you say that? Like, uh, kind of like uh, segment all these little factors and then analyze them mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, that that doesn't that's not right like why are you thinking that way so when I talked with her about fear of failure um it was basically I was like well it's fear of them telling me no like no I can't give you and and she was like well if they tell you no then then what yeah okay yeah you know like that's that's the only answer and I was like you know you're right and then other fears you know of of like oh well then I'm gonna they're going to think I am um, somebody that kind of like is thinks of herself too much or like is so mm-hmm. self-centered that she's asking for more, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, and she was like, but so what? That's the thought yeah. of them about you, which is not the reality of who you are. So then so what? You know? Yeah, I think like one thing for me when I go, so you're saying... You know, the fear of telling someone something or asking for something and then not necessarily them rejecting it, but almost making them assess- making an assessment about your character. Right. And so for me, yeah. I don't think when I... I'm a very direct person mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a little probably too brutally honest about things. And so I don't think... It, in the past, I have ever, I'm more self-aware of it now, but in the past, I never registered in my mind that 
you would think of me this way because I told you the truth. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it was, this is the truth. And so there is no debate about what the truth is. The mm-hmm. truth is the truth. Either you receive it or you don't. But that is no reflection of me. It's totally a reflection of you because you can't dispute the Not honest the truth. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> so I was like, suck, suck. Yeah. This is the truth. Yeah. Where it's more so about the delivery of those mm-hmm. things. And so to hear you kind of say, uh, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little shocked about the depth of failure, the fear of failure that you have, um, because of you're someone that I know that mentors other people and yeah. that is kind of yeah. always had that element about yourself since yeah. I met you. And it's really funny how you retrospect that mm-hmm. as you are someone that's coaching and counseling other people It's so much easier to give the best that advice comes from the people that don't take the it's so true it's so true so i i'm a little surprised by that i think when i think of past fears the constant one for me and it's still kind of present today is the fear of being alone oh yeah like never truly experiencing partnership mm-hmm. uh because i've been single for a good portion you, of my you say romantic 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 not romantic. like friendships not like friendships like, okay and um so that has been it's evolved i think now mm-hmm. because my perspective about it is has changed I, and i would really say since i turned 30 it has changed mm-hmm. but and being in college kind of coming out of high school i was the skinny girl who really didn't have any voluptuousness to herself. And so everyone else was getting attention and it, so it made me feel like unworthy. And so it resonated in my being as it being a fear that you will be alone. And so, and where that came from is people would tell me back then that I was intimidating. Mm-hmm. When really it was... Um, you know, sometimes people just can't stand in the light that you mm-hmm. give off. It, they're overwhelmed by the light that you give. And so it took me a long time to come to that conclusion. And, and then in the fear of being alone that, you know, I'll never find a partner. Mm-hmm. I think is, is, is something that kind of comes up here and there. It's not something that is, I constantly think about anymore. But it is something that exists. And we talked about this a little bit on our drive back from the Lavender Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that does bother me from yeah. time to time. And so what I've learned to try to shift the perspective on that is live in and sit in the amount of love that I have around me. Like mm-hmm. valuing this friendship that you and I have, doing a passion project like this, being able to meet more frequently, learn more about each other. Um to lean into the love that I get from my best friend and all of the quality people that are in my circle as well as my family and just recognize that it is a blessing to have that in and of itself because most people don't have that at all. And to just be grateful for, for those things versus living in a state of comparison 
where you'll never be fulfilled living in that desire for what someone else has because the reality is as green as that grass looks it might be dying Mm -hmm. at the root that's true yeah and also like um finding like in that fear of yours is like if you lean on those things that are present and that you have right now then you're putting the energy to finding that person even more focused and good energy because sometimes if you're desperate then you're like oh well i'm just gonna find anybody anybody that can stand on my side Mm -hmm. like that's what i want like and no you need to have um you need to have kind of things that you want to accomplish with that person goals and and set those things in order to to find the best partner for you so I um, I definitely relate to that. I mean, I think that's a very primal um, fear, though. Like, we are human beings, and we're like, a pa- we like to be in packs. We like to be in groups. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're alone, then we f- we we don't feel like we belong. Mm-hmm. We need to be part of a community. We need to be part of a of a church. We need to be part of a company. We need to be part of like yeah. <laughs> all those kind of things uh, come like just being part of of the world. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think it's it stems probably out of that too that you don't want to feel alone in the world. Yeah. Um, but you're doing the right thing, like just leaning on on the people. Obviously, I'm not like any licensed therapist or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> like you're doing the right thing, Kayla. Um, but no, I, th- I think you are. Um, and for me, I mean, that has been a thing in, in terms of like, I know what I wanted to be in the future. So I wanted to be a mother, I wanted to be a wife, etc. Um, but for me, like it's never been that I think I'm going to be alone. Like, I think I'm okay being alone. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm okay um, leaning, because I have a very close-knit mm-hmm. family. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I'm okay having my family, my group of friends, you know, and, and leaning on those. So th- that was never, like, an issue. I would tell you this, with the movements of the company, that was, yes. Like, the first few months were hard on that. Mm-hmm. Because you're away from your family. Yeah. So. So it's not like you have someone physically yeah. in that space that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different, right? But then, you know, you, you, you evolve, you overcome you figure it out. That. Like, you just find ways. Like, some people tell me, like, how could you move? Uh, I'm pretty sure you've gotten the same. Like, how can you move so far away from your family and friends or whatever? And the thing is, you just make do. Yeah. And, and it's exciting. Like, one of the things that I enjoy, and I'm moving away from, like, the fear topic a little bit. We can come back to it. But one of the things that I enjoy is getting to know people. Yeah. Like, I just enjoy that. I think it's fascinating to yeah. get to, like, just just get to know people, get to know their backgrounds, get to know where they're coming from. And, you know, not everyone's meant to be in your life. So, like, if you get to know somebody, you're like, hmm not part of my pack they're yeah. not they're not gonna be part yeah. of my pack it's okay <laughs> like, um but that that's what drove me like gave me the drive to then 
in those places be like, okay, I'm going to be part of a kickball team. I'm going to be part of meetup. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. find groups of meetup people. Um, I'm going to be an online dating. I'm going to like hang out with people from the company and all that kind of stuff. So that way you can kind of mingle and then find your path. It's so funny that you say, like, hang out with people from the company because for me, like, when I first started out, it was like, it's not an option. This is against my religion. I do not mix business with personal at all. So I was literally, when I first started out, I would go hang out for like 15 minutes. The longest I would stay is an hour and I would dip out. I would go straight back to the house. Peace. For real. (laughs) And then I, I don't know what, I think. For me, it's all about genuine connection. Yeah. And so I had to recognize that, okay, you're going to continue to go through this process because you're going to move again. This is, you had already decided, this was yeah. already a characteristic of, of the life that I wanted because I picked international business as a part of my career path. So the goal was to be overseas. Mm-hmm. The goal was to go to another country and live. So how do you expect to make friends when you don't want to hang out yeah. with people from your job? So I said, girl, I add that to our commonalities because I graduated from international business as well. Oh, girl. <laughs> there you go. We already knew all of that. <laughs> but see, that that right there is what made me say, okay, get a grip. I think you got your panties a little bit too tight. Yeah. You're going to get jacked up if you keep living like this. <laughs> so just go into situations with the intention yeah. that people are good until yeah. they prove to you that their That's intentions good. aren't. And when I shifted my perspective... So you had some sort of fear of betrayal. I did. In there. Yeah. I I don't even know if it was betrayal. I think it was more of... (laughs) People are trifling. Yeah. And so I was thinking to myself, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me caught up in your trifling mess and have me jacked up, acting out of character up here at this job. Absolutely not. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do my job well. And I'm going to yeah. go my behind home. And yeah. y'all, it, you can at least never say anything about that. Because when I leave work, I want to I want to get loose. I want to have myself yeah. a good time. I want to shake my little tail feather. I want to drink what I want to drink. I want to talk how I want to talk. And I... I was afraid or I had a fear that you would use my genuine self against me in the workplace. And then I think I got to a place where I said, man, forget that. If you don't like it, then that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. I have to be me. And and I don't, you know, I don't want to get into the conversation about being your authentic self at work because you can do that, but you can't do that. Yeah. There... I would never bring my a thousand percent authentic self because she look she's a little I out there. I gotta be political. I, sh- I gotta be political. Yeah, because she's a little wild. <laughs> yeah, Kayla on the outside. Well, everyone is. I mean, I I have parts where you know, not that I hide it or anything, but I just don't. Yeah. It's not the time or the place. Yeah, it's not the time or the place. That's the answer that I would give. Yeah, it's not the time or the place. You know. Um, but yeah, going back to fears, then, yeah, also, like, let's talk about fears of timelines. I have not had that fear. Oh, my god! I have never. And it's not a fear. I, I'm calling it a fear, I guess, but it's not a fear. It's just something that is present and that is put, especially on women, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, of, like, oh, 
you're um, like you know you're too young to worry about that when you know I would be single and trying to find a partner I would be like okay you're too young you should worry about that well I that's what I want yeah you need and then I learned that you what doesn't get prioritized doesn't get done so you need to prioritize that in your life and make space for that in your life in order for it to happen and I'm not talking directly to you because you're like giving me a sigh Ew. And you'll find, but the thing is, you'll find your time. Uh-huh. It's not like it's not a timeline that society puts on you. That's that's what where I was trying to go with this. It's like the time, the fear of the timeline is the timeline that society puts to you. But it is your timeline. You can own your timeline and decide to do whatever you want to do with that timeline. I think. I agree. So there's two levels to the timeline that society puts on you and the timeline that you have on yourself. So I know that we've talked about the timeline of when you're going to have a baby, when you're going to get married, when you're going to give me these grandkids, you know, that that is an ever present thing. And I would say, at least for me, I've never felt that pressure about when are you going to have kids I've felt it a little bit when I get about like being married or finding a partner, but I am lucky in the sense that my mom and my dad have never asked me that question. Uh, my yeah, sisters have. Yeah, you are. My sister, my little sister, she's like, girl, I'm ready to be a bridesmaid. When are you going to get married? You need to stop playing around out here and find yourself a husband so that I can be in your wedding. Like, I'm ready. What the heck are you doing? But my parents have been very kind about that i think the hardest timeline that i've put myself on is the timeline of elevation like elevation elevation the tequila's getting to me (laughs) elevation and like evolution so you know let's say that you've been with a company for 10 years in that 10-year time frame, my expectation is I need to be in a position where I'm running stuff. Not just leading a team. I need to be, you know, high, almost C-suite level. But who gave you? I did. Oh, you gave I it gave to my, I gave it to myself. That was the expectation. You is, got that example from somewhere, though, because your brain would not, like, how, how would you, like, say, like, 10 years? 10 years is the day. Like, why not? I don't, why not five? Why not 15? Why not, you know? I feel like 10 was just a random number that I picked. Because exactly. it's even. It, but, like, even... So, I've been with the company that I'm with for eight years now. And um, even just thinking of where I was last year, my expectation was that I was two levels above where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So... And then when, you know, I've gotten one level above where I was and I'm not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And so I had to come to this conclusion that it's, it's the journey and not the destination. Because once I get to that destination that I thought was going to bring me the most fulfillment and the most joy Mm -hmm. that once I got there, it was like, all right, girl, you got here. What's next? Instantly, I'm thinking of and creating a plan to get to that next level because the innate fear of never reaching the true height of mm-hmm. what is possible for your life 
is ever present That's where for it me. Kicks in. That's yeah. where it kicks in. So like 10 years, you need to be dang near executive is because once you get there, what what is the height yeah. of the life that is possible? So for now you? that we're going there, I'll give you this. So I was I thought about that that way um, a couple of years ago when I decided to take myself out of the rat race. And mm-hmm. I call it like that. I decided to take myself out no, of I it. I hate that you call it the rat race. <laughs> I hate it. And the reason why I did that is because I'm. If anyone, I am Taylor Squaring a second ring. Just gotta get the light. <laughs> Thank you. Let's take a pause here. You guys, uh, refill your drinks. <laughs> so. The where was I going with this? The um, rat race. Yeah. So basically, I am very tough on myself. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at myself, and I wanted to be like I. I was like you. I. I and I'm still ambitious, and I still have things that I want to accomplish mm-hmm. at a certain target or whatnot. But what got me thinking about getting myself out of this competition is enjoying and getting the most out of the time and the moment. Because mm-hmm. I, as I was thinking about, okay, well, I've been in, in, in these places in my life and in my career, and I was like, there were great. Could I have taken more? Maybe. So n- not everything mm-hmm. was accomplished, right? Yeah. At that point. Um, it just turns out that life moves fast, doors close, doors open, and then you kind of move forward. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that got me thinking about that, I was like, wait a second, I am 33 and I've already been in my career for 10 years, 10 more, look at what I have accomplished in 10 years, mm-hmm. add 10 more years to that and look where I could be. Yeah. Why do I need to move that quick? Like, why? why? And then the thing is, for me, it's self-competition. So my oh, yeah. thing is, every time you hit that that top, you're going to want more. Yeah. You're going to want more and more and more. So for me, it's like, okay, let me enjoy this area and, and be more purposeful about tracing the path forward as opposed to just getting anything for the sake of getting anything because mm-hmm. it's going to put me at that level. But what about my happiness? Mm-hmm. What about uh, hitting my strengths and my talents? Mm-hmm. Like I want to be put in a position where I hit those strengths and talents because I know that if I do that, that'll make me happy mm-hmm. and that'll get the most out of me. So that's where I went with that, with that. Like I had the same as you, but I was like, you know what? Let me take a pause. Let me reflect on this. Let me think of it factual as opposed to like, oh, I just got to be there. I, I just got to be there. I just got to be where, where that person is, right? Mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm not quite there yet. I don't think I'm quite, I I think I'm a little bit there where you're living in the moment, but there's a part of me and this plays into 
this kind of unnecessary thing that I think people do, but I can't deny that I, I live this way a little bit. There's a very small part of me that is a, I don't know if it's a deep fear, but I'm afraid of what I will be. Not necessarily in a negative way, yeah. but that I look when yeah. I get to where yeah. I get where I get to where I'm That's going. That's a big one. I have that too. And I look yeah. back and I just say, I can't believe I made it here. Like that everything I want actually really happens. Yeah. I think that there is a li- there's a little bit of me that's scared of actually getting yeah. exactly what yeah. I want. Not to say that I still don't want it, but man, it's a little bit wild to think yeah. about the, the possibility of actually getting everything that you want. Yeah. Because yeah. when I look back... Gotta reflect on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I look yeah. back at the girl that started at my um, job a long time ago, right? Where I am now is an answered prayer. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way... The, everything that I went to went through leading up to this yeah. point, the misery, the stress, the unhappiness, the joy, the fulfillment, mm-hmm. the excitement, all of that leading up to this point is an answer prayer. So to think that, so to get in that moment, it's almost like a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. I cashed my lottery ticket in and I won all the winnings that I, that I cashed, that I, that I was trying to get. And now I'm, I'm in this new place and there are new prayers. There are new ideas. So then you need to squash that fear. I do need to squash it. You are, you have your new prayers that that are probably going to become true in the future. So there you go. Like you're you're telling me like it's the easy button. Like boom, hit the easy button and then fear go poof. You just tell it to go away. But it is, it's a, it's a thing. And I was talking about it a little bit with my mentor today. Just thinking about, you know, you, you're told that you literally can get what you want. You just need to be patient enough for it to come to fruition. Right. Well, I don't believe in being patient. I believe you need to do things to get what you want. Like, I don't, I don't believe like, because my, my dad shout out. My dad has a say, be like, he, it's a fake saying that he made up, or I don't know who made it up, but says, uh, God will give you the lottery, but he tells you to put the ticket in. Patience doesn't necessarily so have to do with you gotta do, do something. Wor- yeah, but patience doesn't mean you're not doing the work. You could be doing the work and not reap any of the benefits for 20 years. Yeah. To kind of circle it and bring it full circle and bring it back is to say, I really can get what I want. And it's possible to have all of those things. All of these fears that are happening right now is a part of the journey of being whole. So like when I, you know, I was just talking to you about the fear of being alone Mm -hmm. and being never feeling and expressing and exchanging that love romantically. But it's not my time and I have to be okay with that. And I also have to embrace moments like this that I get to spend with you. And then moments where 
I understand how I'm evolving and how I'm changing and how whole I am, especially when I consider that not everyone that has what I think I want is happy and not everyone knows what it requires to maintain that level of relationship with the person, especially forever. And so to do the inner work that I need to do now to be whole and to say, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I want and to do all of the things exactly what I want to do and then be able to navigate into. It's almost like, you know, you get in a boat Mm -hmm. and let's say you're in the clearest water. You can see to the bottom and you finally get to push offshore Mm -hmm. and float to that, to the destination that you're headed to. It's a serene feeling, but it's also very scary because you're riding in the boat alone until you make it to the place where you and that person meet to exchange life with each other. Yeah. And they get in the boat with you. Yeah. That's crazy. That was a beautiful scene I just painted. Yeah, it is. Shout out to the tequila. Just doing this little magic. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I mean, just to say fears come and go and like, I can have a fear today that I squash tomorrow or that I squash in a couple months, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean um, that it was not valid. Like I, now that I worked with that mentor um, coach though, like it just, she gave me the tools to ask the questions to help me analyze the roots of that fear mm-hmm. and then kind of like squash them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so what acknowledge the she them for you? what they are. So basically, she gave me questions. She just, like, she was like a therapist. <laughs> I laughed because, like, she, she was. was like a therapist. Um, she, she basically just, I said, okay, I have fear that whenever I ask for additional compensation, I'm going to get rejected. And she was like, okay, so what are the things that you can do to feel prepared to have that conversation? And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what I can do is look over like my accomplishments, look over the things that I've done, kind of create a vision and a pitch for what I could do in the future, in like with that additional compensation, kind of like mm-hmm. a sales pitch, literally. And then um, she was like, and and just have an ask, just like go factual, go with your numbers, go with your data, and just ask. The second thing, I was like, oh my God, but it is this higher up person. Like, how do I even start the conversation? Like, they might see it coming from nowhere. And she was like, no, you can control that. Get in their calendar. Establish a meeting that says the title. You know, performance review and compensation review. (laughs) And um, that way they're prepared. And just put like a little agenda in there, like this is what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. That way they come prepared, right? Um, another thing she was like, if their answer, she prepared me for the answers. Mm-hmm. So she was like, what if the answer is no? Mm-hmm. And I was like, she was like, what are you gonna do? And I was like, well, nothing. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep working. Yeah. <laughs> And she was like, okay, well then, that's it. Yeah. She was like, what if the answer is yes, but it doesn't meet your needs? And I was like, well, you know, like, 
So she was like, this is what you got to do, strategy. She was like, think strategy, shoot high. So that way, like, it's just the negotiation mm-hmm. at that point, right? So I did read articles on negotiating mm-hmm. to get prepared for that. And then she was like, what if the answer is yes? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I'll be the happiest employee in the world. <laughs> I, will, I will do everything and anything. I would have so much respect for this person. Like I would do this, this, and that. And she was like, see? So there you go. So mm-hmm. reality is the worst case scenario mm-hmm. is that things, they say no, and things stay the same way they are today. Mm-hmm. Everything you just said made me think of three things. Because there may be someone listening who's thinking about doing exactly what you just described. And so when I get ready to, to talk about something where someone could say no, I always, I go in with these three things in mind. So number one is rejection is protection. Yeah. So like you said, your mentor said, what if they say no? If they say no, you're being protected from something yeah. unknown that you didn't know about. Yeah. The second thing is that um, I remember this quote, and I, it was a video. Uh, I can't remember the actress's name right now. The chick from Scandal. Uh, Carrie Washington? Yes. Carrie Washington was like, um, you're running after a bus. And you're chasing the bus, right? You're, you're going as fast as you can. The only way you know that that bus was not meant for you is if you never catch up to it. Mm-hmm. But if you never run, you never exactly. know that the bus was for you in the first place, right? right? And then the third thing that I think about is what's for me is for me. Mm-hmm. So if they say yes, that was meant for me. Mm-hmm. If they say no, then it was not meant for me. Yeah. And if we meet somewhere in the middle, I made the shot. Mm-hmm. like. You miss a hundred percent of all the shots, shots you that you take. don't take. Yeah. So you gotta. She also at, said that to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta at least try, because you never know what yeah. you're gonna get. Oh, the other scenario is which I forgot. She was like, "What if? What if you don't do anything?" She was like, "What if you like live in that fear and just don't do anything?" And I was like, "Honestly, like." my happiness will go down like i will like not feel valued like i would i would leave in this unknown but also like thinking that i'm not valued but but i didn't really ask for anything mm-hmm. so like who would value me if i didn't ask for anything right um so yeah i it's it was and i'll tell you this like and i understand people this was a particular situation that i was put in that I have the tools to be able to do that and to probably be um, successful in doing that. Um, but it's it's so liberating. You like develop once a sense I of confidence. Did that, once I did that, now, honestly, the chains are off. I got no fear in asking for what I need. Yeah. <laughs> like, the chains are off. And it's funny because you're a success story. When I went through my situation yeah. and I did that, the answer was no. Yeah. But it is still a liberating experience because you get to take the time to evaluate all of your contributions yeah. and all the things that you've done. And it makes you remind yourself, uh, I'm really not 
Like, even though you may not have gotten exactly what you wanted, yeah. For on the flip side of a of a, of a quote unquote yeah. unsuccessful story, right? Yeah. You are able to say, "I did this for me. Mm-hmm. I have I hold no bitterness in my heart. I have no frustration towards yeah. the um, organization because now all cards are on the table, and I have I was clarity." Say, another analogy: poker. All cards are out the table. All cards like, are on the table. All the games are seen. You know exactly where the person stands. You know where you stand. And like you can just now play the and game. And baby, now you can choose whether or not you want to leave or stay. Exactly. If you never ask, you never know where you kind of fall within the situation. And from that conversation, if that's where you're at, you can choose to say, I'm worth more than this. And my hands are clean. I've done what I needed to do to show that I'm sincerely here and what okay. I sincerely want. I'm out. Audi 3000. Yeah. Or you can say, wow, this is a, a mutual exchange mm-hmm. and now we can continue to move forward hand in hand in partnership with each other until this partnership doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So girl, I love it. Yeah. There's another saying in Spanish that um, my mom always reminds me of. It is with the Spanish girl. <laughs> I'll say it in Spanish and then I'll, you can't direct translate because it's going to be, not make sense and be a little bit like, be all right. out there. But, um, el que no grita, no mama. Basically, who doesn't scream, doesn't get to eat. Like, basically, like, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't say what you, what you need and what you want, mm-hmm. or you don't ask for it, then you don't get to have it. Like, if, if there's something mm-hmm. in the plate then if you don't say anything, you don't get to have it. And it's such a, it's such a full place to be, to live in clarity. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, talking about fear and showing up as your authentic self and X, Y, Z, you know, when you hold back and you don't lay everything out or you don't take the opportunity to speak up about something that you want, you miss out on so much, not necessarily just the opportunity, but you miss out on so much of yourself. You, you deprive yourself of so much by not being honest, by not saying what you want out of a situation or a circumstance. I mean, I've had many conversations with people about their career and, you know, their fear of retaliation, their fear Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, something bad happening. And when, I ask them when they tell me all of these like negative things and I know who people who are listening they'll be like, well, girl, why don't you do that about your own life? Uh, Jesus is working on me. Mind your business. <laughs> um, but when I have those conversations with people, I say, okay, so what if they retaliated against you? Mm-hmm. What you going to do? So that you asked me like, what are those tools is asking questions. Yeah. Asking questions on this hypothetical is what I would say. Like, Ask yourself the question, what, what, why, when, how, so then, so what, you know, I, I all feel, those kind of things. I feel like, like, let's just use the retaliation as an example. They retaliate against you, right? Because you spoke up and you said what you wanted. To me, that provides me clarity about how you value me. Mm-hmm. I may have never known this before, but now you're going to mistreat me because I asked for something that either I felt like I deserve or something that I wanted, and you felt like it warranted 
poor behavior as a result, I'm going to have to put up with that. Yeah. But like you said, you have to ask yourself the question whether or not you're willing to sacrifice, pick up and walk away if a negative outcome comes yeah. out of the, that honesty. But you will never know because those people could be holding those things inside. Yeah. But when you're honest and you put it out there, there's nothing you yeah. have no room. There are no shadows. And it works in all spaces. Like we're talking about work here, but like it works also in relationships. Like in past relationships, I've had... Um, it wasn't a fear, but I've always like, sometimes I was like, oh, I'm not going to say that because I think, I think, keyword, I think they're going to react this way and that way and that way. And I don't Mm want to go into that. So I'm not going to speak up. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, so I'm going to avoid that. So I'm going to do this. And the reality is if, if like ask yourself the questions. So what if they say that? Then how are you going to feel? Yeah. Are you going to feel accomplished? Are you going to feel happy with that answer? Are you going to feel less or more? Yeah. And then if you answer those questions, and depending on the answer that that partner gives you, then you can be like, okay, well, I I wish I had that tool before because I would have been peace out a long time ago. (laughs) I, I will say that because of how I grew up, we were so honest. Yeah. Probably to a fault. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll use I'll use my last relationship as an example. His constant complaint was that um, <laughs> the way he described it was that you like there's no emotion in, mm-hmm. in how you respond. Really, what he said was, "You act like a man." Like when we're having I these interactions, very emotional. Well, I haven't seen you in a relationship, but like, yes, exactly. But um, he—that was his thing—is that you, I, I, I didn't cry when he felt like I was supposed to cry. I didn't react the way he expected Girl, me to react. I didn't. I beg cry him. every second of every day. <laughs> <laughs> if cry was a sign, he would have had the sign every day. So when we would have these and I would, so I would then revert into myself more because I was being so subconscious about who I was in that relationship. And so I got to a point where I was just like, you need to be yourself. And if this person doesn't accept that in the fullness of who you are, you're not really living in what love is supposed to yeah. feel like. You're not really living in that unconditional space. And so when people just accept that and you just, there, there's commentary and there's honesty and there's feedback that you can take that helps you evolve and be a better person. Yeah. But then there's also feedback that you take that changes the core foundational parts of who yeah. you are. And so you have to have this discernment to know which of the two it is. Yeah. Whether I'm trying to help you grow and become a better human being or I need you to fit the mold of what I need as a person and I'm not necessarily yeah. concerned about your value, your growth, your your being as a whole. What is your intention? Mm-hmm. My, me and my best friend talked about this all the time and we've been through ebbs and flows in our relationship and the best thing about our relationship is when we have an issue or when we are frustrated with each other, I revert into myself and say, is her intention to cause me harm? Mm-hmm. Is she a good friend at at the core of who she is is she yeah. a good friend to me and so if both of the answers to those two things are yes 
we can then move to the next stage of how we resolve the problem. Right. If the answer to either of these two questions are no, it's a decision of whether or not to walk away or how do we shift the dynamic of, I don't believe your intentions are pure and good and I don't think you're a good friend. Is it time for me to walk away or is there significant repair that can be done to maintain the relationship? Yeah, I love that. That's great. So there we go. Yeah. So let's let's get a little silly here. So then we talk about fears. So what are your fears of like insects, bugs, animals? I do not. So I moved fear of the dark. I have two fears. So I got bit by a dog two years ago. Mm, two or three years you ago. You don't like dogs? I love dogs, okay. but I, like if, I was like, I thought you liked my Augie. Augie's little, so okay. if he tries to act crazy, I can punt him like a football. <laughs> yeah, you can. So, but like if a dog comes behind me. Yeah. I have like a, ooh, I have a little yeah. anxiety. When I first moved into this apartment, no one had lived here for a little bit. And so there were like roly poly olies and there were like beetles that would, I would wake up in the middle of the night or wake up in the morning. There'd be a beetle on the ceiling or a beetle oh. on the wall or a centipede somewhere mm-hmm. that I have to go kill. Oh, Michigan, they have a lot of centipedes here. I, no offense oh. to anyone that actually oh. has seizures. Okay, but- Girl, I was seizing in this house. I was screaming. Someone thought that I was probably being kidnapped by Casper the Friendly Ghost because I do not play about I those. don't like those. If I have fear, I probably have fear of those centipedes, and I'll tell you why. One crawled out of my sink. Oh, that's where they come when from. When I was washing my face. Oh, girl, I would have passed out. And I was like putting water <laughs> on my face, and then when I opened my eyes, I see this, and it was huge. It was big. Girl, I would have died. It was a big one. It wasn't like a baby one. It was a big one. I, I screamed and I shoot <laughs> out to the room, girl. And then I obviously killed it, but um, those yeah. centipedes. Those, I don't those think are I nasty. They're I still nasty. like kind of like gag when I think about it. It's just it gives you the heebie-jeebies. So yeah, yeah, bugs. I'm trying to think of like what else is like weird. Oh, I don't do scary movies. Yeah, y'all. I don't like cockroaches. Who does? Flying cockroaches are horrid. They're horrid. Horrid. Who even invented flying cockroaches? The devil. Come on. <laughs> like, seriously. Thing. What the heck? <laughs> uh, scary movies, though? Can't. Don't invite me to go watch yeah. a scary movie. My imagination is too vivid. I don't do vivid. scary movies either. Mm, it, especially, like, if it was a cartoon, maybe. No, no, I can do thrillers. But not scary movies. I watched the last scary movie I watched fully was The Ring Mm-mm. in theaters, and this is how I watched it: covering my eyes and I think I ran and, out and of my theater. and my ears at the same time. And I didn't watch. I mean, I kind of like peeked and just seeing the image of the girl out, coming out of the TV, crawling out of the TV and stuff. I was like, uh, uh-uh, girl, I don't play about that. You're not gonna have me about I had to not, pass out. I was an adult. I was. I was a teenager. I think I was like six, six and seventeen at that time. I had nightmares and I screamed. I literally asked for my mom and my dad that night. So, girl, you you know I wear glasses. So to watch a scary movie and wake up in the middle of the night and you can't see. Oh my god! And I gotta I gotta fumble my way to the nightstand to get my glasses to figure out what this innate object is in the room. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. I'm a little until I get laser eye surgery. That you can count oh, me out. Oh, another one that you won't like regarding centipedes i was showering and it came out the drain 
No. On the roof. Up the shower. You know. I, I, I paralyzed. <laughs> I, I literally was like, no movement done for the next few, few seconds here. And I waited for that thing to crawl out of the ceiling of the shower. Mm-mm. And then I moved. <laughs> I was like, if that thing decides to fall on me right now, I'm dead. Unconscious. I'm unconscious dead. in the tub. Well, we're almost done with our episode today. So usually we end in a quote. So what is your quote for today? So my quote is, oh, you go ahead with your quote. Okay. So my quote is, um, let's see if I can get this thing to go for me. The energy of your intention is what determines your life. And most people don't think about their intention. They just think about what they want to do. Most people don't think about why they want to do it. But what's going to come back to you is the energy of the intention of what you do. Yeah, that's good. So mine is, go ahead and just love your effing life. Take pictures of everything. Tell people you love them. Talk to random strangers. Do the things you're afraid of. Stop playing small. Take your life and make it the best story ever written. So as we close out our episode about fear, I think the reality of it is it's okay to have these fears. It's okay to embrace the fear. I think if you're living without fear at all, then you're not you're not living enough. You're not human. I mean, we just admitted <laughs> that we have. There's definitely a lot of fears. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a natural part of your life is a natural part of who you are but don't allow what these fears are cripple you figure out how to live with them figure out how to evolve from what yeah overcome them and just like i said like i said like allow it to evolve who you are there may be some things that you never completely overcome but there's a way for you to live with them and deal with them in a way that you allow yourself to be free. Yeah. Right. Well, cheers, right. my friend. Cheers. Episode two done. See ya.